0: Welcome to Spot on Safety, the program designed for safety professionals. Spot on Safety is brought to you by iWorkWise, providing safety knowledge when you need it. For more information about iWorkWise, go to iWorkWise.com. Welcome to Spot on Safety. Episode Eight: Eye Protection, with your hosts Amy Does and Dan Smiley. Good morning, Amy. Good
1: morning, Dan. How are you?
0: I am great. I'm just happy to be back. We missed a whole month of podcasts, traveling all over the place, and and being busy, and and I hate to have done it, and I'm really glad to be back.
1: Uh, me too. Me too. And it's it's nice to. Uh, have a little spring happening in the Seattle area and uh, and yeah, be out of the, the dizzying speed uh, of the past month.
0: Yeah, I, I sit here and I look out the window of my office and I got my heat going and it looks like it should be 80 degrees outside and I run outside for something and it's darn cold out.
1: Oh yeah, I think the high is 44, so we've got a little ways to go.
0: Well, the topic we have on the list today is for eye protection. You know, what, when do we need to use it and what kind of eye protection is required? So when we're looking at uh, starting a job, when do we need to wear eye protection?
1: Well, the, the list of things in the regulation and also the generally accepted um, situations in which you would need eye protection. Um, the first one would be, of course, flying particles. So any kind of flying stuff that could get in your eyes. Um, another thing would be for molten metal uh, to stop molten metal from getting in your eyes, uh, liquid chemical splash, uh, if you're using chemicals, um, and they could splash up, uh, then you'd need eye protection. If you're handling acids or caustics that, uh, would cause severe eye burns or even blindness, then you should wear eye protection. Uh, some gases and vapors might be corrosive or injurious to your eyes. and In enough situations, eye protection would be required. Um, Also light sources, energy sources uh, like welding or lasers um, would probably uh, deem eye protection necessary. And then probably the last category is any objects that uh, can puncture your eye, like uh, nail guns, for instance, or, you know, the nails from nail guns. So if you're working with around any of those things um, or in those situations, then you should be wearing eye protection
0: so there's there's common sense for wearing eye protection on the one hand is there regulation either at the state or the federal level that that talks about eye protection
1: oh yeah there's there's some general uh PPE or personal protective equipment uh, standards uh, both at the federal and almost every state that has a state uh, OSHA plan or a state OSHA agency um, has eye protection standards at as well. In Washington here, it's part of the core rules um, of the WAC codes. So, you know, it, the, the requirements aren't really long. There's just, you know, I don't know, three or five paragraphs but um, they require eye protection in for use in those instances. They also require that eye protection has to meet certain requirements. Um, in fact, all PPE has to meet these, these same requirements, and that's Whatever it is that you choose to wear to protect yourself against those hazards, um, it has to provide adequate protection against the hazard. So they're going to look at that as a performance-based situation, and they're going to see what eye protection is being worn and would it really uh, protect against that. Um, of course, you know, the design of that eye protection has to be safe, um, and you know, most of the stuff commercially available is. It has to be uh, reasonably comfortable, really, so people will wear it. Uh, and it can be worn over time, Um, it shouldn't uh, interfere with the movements of the wearer as much as possible. It has to be durable. It has to be capable of being disinfected and easily cleanable. Um, And in some requirements, both in the construction standards and general industry standards, um, it has to be marked uh, with the name of the manufacturer and usually some kind of approval uh, marking.
0: But it needs an approval marking. Who who does the approving?
1: Well, this is kind of interesting. This is, uh, with eye protection, it's ANSI, the American National Standards Institute. Um, they have a standard called Occupational and Educational Eye and Face Protection. And that's um, the number of it is Z87.1. And the version that all the regulations cite, uh, I think both state and certainly the federal ones do, is the 1989 Version. So it might have been upgraded since, but um, ANSI Z87.1 is incorporated by reference into the OSHA and state OSHA requirements. So um, they say that your eyewear has to be in compliance with this standard. So the requirement actually says that. Of course, we don't know what the standard is, but what we have instead is the manufacturers will stamp or certify their, their, um, their protective equipment that they sell. And they'll put a like a raised marking on it that'll say ANSI Z87.1 on it. And that's how you know um, that it has indeed been certified or approved um, basically for use as eye protection. It meets the minimum standards for it. It's not just some cheap plastic from some other country that they just make up and it looks like a pair of safety glasses. But actually they do, you know, impact tests and probably some chemical, uh, you know, can stand up to chemical kind of tests and, and those kind of things. And so... The ANSI requirement um, is actually incorporated right into the the, uh, OSHA and state OSHA requirements. So all your eye protection has to to meet that.
0: So do I, as an employer, do I need to have a copy of Z87.1 in my workplace? Is that something I need to be able to reference? Or do I just need to buy something that has the ANSI marking?
1: Yeah, I, I think you just have to buy something that says, Z ANSI, or it says ANSI Z87.1 with a 1989 or later um, designation. So if you have that, you're going to be all set. You don't have to go out and spend a lot of money on the ANSI standard, I don't think.
0: I feel pretty lucky in that I don't have to wear prescription eyeglasses, but a bunch of the guys who work for me do. How do we approach eye protection for those guys?
1: Well, the the regulations are all pretty clear. Um, The prescription lenses either have to be incorporated into the eye protection you're wearing, um, or the PPE, the eye protection you're buying, has to be large enough to fit over the prescription eyewear. So you only have two choices, and it's pretty clear. And I actually see a lot of violations in the field in this, Dan, with SCBAs and full face respirators. Mm-hmm. The, the employer will provide those, um, but then, you know, they don't really notice or do an assessment the, for the fact that uh, their engineers or their maintenance people wear glasses. And uh, maybe they can't see that good without their glasses. Maybe that's why they're wearing their glasses. So that when they go to, to, to put on their full face way. or their, <laughs> well. I run into it where they go, oh no, I can see fine with them, or I just need them for reading, or you know those kinds of things. And so occasionally you get lucky, but there's a, there's there are some believe it or not out there where they need the glasses to see. So in those situations, the employer, you know, here's the SCBA, here's the full face, we're all done, you know, wash our hands of this, and uh, and we're all set. But no, you're actually not all set because in order to use those respirators effectively, you can't have anything interfere with the face to face piece seal and certainly the arms of your spectacles uh, sticking through is going to make a big opening there in the face piece seal even if you think it doesn't it's just simply not allowed. So if you have people who wear prescription eyewear, you're, you're not done. Um, you have to get probably a spectacle kit that snaps into those masks and those are available from all the SCBA and full face respirator manufacturers. and. Uh, they snap into the face frame, you know, they sell the frame, and then you get the empty frame. And that you have, uh, of course, the employer would have to pay for this. Um, you would have to, like, go to Costco or something and get some prescription lenses put in for that guy, for that person, and that person would have their lenses to wear with that that respirator. So, this is a you know, it's kind of a pain to most safety directors and stuff to have to babysit all that. But I guess that's why they get the big bucks um, or whatever the case may be. I mean. Um, certainly if you're going to be wearing one of those things, you, you would need to see uh, in theory. So um, anyway, in, in the field, I see um, that being a, a quite common violation. So I wanted to point that out. Um, with prescription safety glasses, you know, you have to be able to, to wear them, um, and your PPE has to fit over them effectively.
0: So, what about face shields? Do they count? I mean, I just, sometimes they're more comfortable. I can use a face shield and uh, flip it up when I, I'm not using it and flip it back down again. I can even mount them on my hard hat.
1: Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? But uh, no, of course, that doesn't work that way. Um, you, OSHA considers face shields a secondary protection. It's like a bonus protection, and also it's considered face protection face shield, face protection. Um, So they wouldn't really count a face shield toward meeting your requirement to uh, provide eye protection. So if you need both eye and face protection, uh, you can't just wear a face shield, even though that's quick and easy. Um, If you want to be legal, you have to wear your uh, safety glasses or your goggles under that face shield if you need eye protection, too. So... Yeah, it would be nice to just kind of put one of those on; it's handy and all that. But uh, they want that uh, that other layer, I guess, with the probably the presumption that stuff can fly under the neck piece and and that and, and still get in your eyes. There's there's one other thing, Dan, and, uh, with especially with liquid chemicals. You know, like when do you need safety glasses and when do you need goggles? People ask me that a lot. And uh, with goggles, it's usually for a chemical kind of exposure. Um, where you would need uh, something really tight that that uh, chemicals can't get under. Um, if you are dealing with strong acids, like, you know, pH of two, two and a half or less, or strong bases, something with a pH of uh, 12 or more, um, you know, those can cause blindness with really incredibly short contact. So you don't Particularly from dealing with those, if you make shortcuts on other PPE choices and you try not to wear it for some reason, or you're just not in a habit of it, I you know, wouldn't make a, a shortcut there because you don't want to go blind. And you get a couple drops of that that uh, strong stuff in your eyes, and you're really risking that. So it isn't it isn't worth it. Um, so goggles are required when when you need it, especially for liquid chemicals and especially for caustics, um, and acids so anyway you want to you want to factor that in and, and i want to make a plug you know we don't get anything from any company but the best goggles i've ever seen are uvex stealth goggles and people love them they fit nicely they don't steam up and uh it's not like your old high school or junior high biology goggles where you know they cut into your face and everyone takes them off and you have big red rings around you know they're actually Uh, quite comfortable so there might be some other stuff out there that's similar to that you know but there's been some big improvements in comfort uh in the last few years some significant ones and you get a lot better compliance people don't mind wearing them because they don't distort their vision and make them feel nauseated or um you know they don't cut into their face and that kind of thing so when you're handling hazardous chemicals safety glasses really don't do it
0: it's a uvex stealth or uh or similar UVX goggles that we carry for oil spill response. And I really like them because the sealing surface that goes around the eyes is that same soft material that you find in half-face respirators. And it, it, once they've been on your face for a few minutes, you really forget they're there. Now, I use the vented type. I suppose if you're working with gases, you'd really be looking for something that wasn't vented.
1: Yeah, I think you're supposed to. I think you're supposed to. One of the things I, in a practical application, I've run into problems with that because um, they fog up. The unvented goggles, you know, they fog up so fast, it's hard to actually wear them. So I think that that's totally true. But I, I know a lot of people who they deal with uh, like corrosive gases and everything, and they just try to keep themselves out of those high concentrations, and they avoid that liquid splash, but they still use vented goggles. So... You know, I'm sure that's not the right answer. The right answer is to use non-vented goggles and everything um, in that kind of environment. But I also wonder, you know, maybe at that point you might be better off wearing a full face uh, where you're getting some breathing protection. If it's that corrosive to your eyes, maybe it's corrosive to your lungs, you know, just guessing. But uh, but yeah, there's a little real world practicality on that. But I'm sure OSHA would want you to wear non-vented um, if they had a say.
0: Well, it seems like anything that you're wearing at the time that all of a sudden you're surrounded by the chemicals or vapors is better than than not wearing anything at all. So we can get people to wear them as they're doing work before something starts venting out of a, a system. That's the better way. It's like life jackets. Anything you happen to be wearing when you go into the water is better than the best thing you could possibly be wearing that's sitting on your bunk. <laughs> that's a great point. That's a great point, and I'm a big
1: fan of that strategy, too. I mean, uh, let's just get people in stuff and then uh, try to make that stuff more comfortable. And, yeah, wear the
0: best stuff. But if you're not going to wear the best stuff, then find something. It's nice in the eye protection world now that there are so many choices. It wasn't that many years ago that the eye protection that you had was was bulky and it didn't fit well, and the... the uh Part that went over the bridge of your nose slid down all the time, and now you've got, you know, glasses that are like uh, sports glasses. They fit really well. They're cheap. I've got a whole bunch of them. I buy them by the case. That, you know, they look like they're, you know, Oakley cycling glasses. Everybody loves to wear them, and because they love to wear them, uh, they do wear them.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, you know, people get people like sunglasses, you know. They're wearing cool-looking sunglasses all the time and that kind of thing. But then you get all these compliance issues. They don't want to wear their safety glasses. And uh, it always strikes me as funny. They're the same people who have a couple pairs of sunglasses in their car, you know, but somehow it interferes or the glare. I think it's just a matter of finding the right ones. And, you know, face it, I mean, I don't think anyone wants to look stupid uh, wearing. And some of this PPE is pretty, you look like a goofball or you feel like one. And uh with some of this new stuff coming out, you don't have to it doesn't have to be that way um, It's a little bit more stylish and a lot more comfortable and um maybe some less glare and lenses that are interchangeable, so you're not wearing scratched up stuff or you know heck, and your sunglasses you you throw them in a sleeve so that you know instead of tossing them in your toolbox right um so maybe for safety glasses, it might be a good idea to have a little case too um but all of those things, I think we're seeing some positive and common sense shifts in PPE that that make it uh, much nicer to wear. And, uh, you know, you can put it on and not even think about it instead of like those high school chemistry goggles or uh, some of the horrific things we've had in the past that just are kind of unwieldy.
0: Yeah. Uh, On my bicycle commute, I used to wear some expensive Oakley cycling glasses until one point I sat on them. And now I just use ANSI rated, uh, sunglass eye protection, uh, in the daylight and I wear a set of exact same glasses only I swap out to yellow lenses when I'm riding in low light. And, and it's great and they're seven bucks so if I sit on them or they get all scratched up or I take a rock chip in the face, um, you know, it's cheap to go grab another pair.
1: And you know what, Dan, that brings up a totally great point is, uh, you know if you actually take a little rock to your to your lens or to your eye when you're wearing those, that ANSI stuff is way better. I've seen some some videos and some tests of objects like nails and uh, and things hitting ANSI approved glasses versus just regular sunglasses or prescription glasses. And those ANSI glasses will stand up to a to a nail from a nail gun hitting your eye and bounce off with just a scratch. And if you have sunglasses or you have your regular prescription glasses, you not only have the nail in your eye or buried in your skull, but you have uh, all the shards from the glass or the, the this chunks of plastic in there too. So that, that ANSI protection, it isn't just uh, window dressing. I mean, that is, uh, it really makes a difference. And so if you're on your bike and you actually take a piece of gravel to your eye, those ANSI glasses, I think, are going to save it. Yeah, and where
0: and it's not even it's not even if after all the snow we had here in the Pacific Northwest the shoulders on these roads are just it's like sand dunes of gravel from sanding the roads to give cars traction. I was out on the road the other day when a dump truck kind of wandered into the shoulder and I didn't take a rock. I felt like I was in a meteor shower. <laughs>
1: That's pretty fun. Yeah. So that ANSI protection is kind of cheap insurance, isn't it?
0: It is cheap insurance.
1: Yeah. And and I guess it brings up another point is, you know, a lot of people, I see this in workplaces too, um, people who have prescription glasses say, oh, I don't need safety glasses because I have my glasses. Well, when you see a couple of these, you know, nail guns to the eye videos and those pieces of glass in somebody's face uh, buried in there, you all of a sudden realize that, you know, your regular glasses aren't. For uh, occupational or industrial settings, um, those are for you know walking around town. So regular glasses are not a substitute for safety glasses, and it, I hate to tell everyone that, um, you know, because it adds a pain. And maybe you need prescription safety glasses or uh, or that kind of thing. But man, it it makes a difference.
0: Well, my company will pay for prescription safety glasses, and many companies will. It requires an effort on the part of the employee to take their prescription and follow whatever the procedures are and and go get them. I can't get them for you, so people have to take a certain amount of responsibility, but there are a lot of options out there that people should be taking advantage of
1: yeah, and it would be nice if employers you know um basically you know kicked in a little bit toward toward a pair of prescription glasses that were that were uh impact resistant and that kind of thing um, or would pay for that. I work for a lot of seasonal companies and, you know, I hire someone they're there a month or you hire 150 people and 20 quit. And so, it, it, you know, they have a lot of concerns about buying those kind of glasses for everybody, but heck, you know, for, for those kind of seasonal people, you can get the The uh, You can get the PPE or the safety glasses or goggles that go over their prescription glasses. And then for your engineers or people who have been around 5, 10 years, um, you can get them the prescription safety glasses. And that seems like a reasonable middle ground to me because when you just discount and say, hey, we don't want to do it for everybody because we've got all this turnover and there's just so many people and they hardly ever need them, um, I would say, okay, that's reasonable. But um, take a look at your people who have been there 10 years. And if you still haven't maybe helped them with that um, and you're requiring to wear something kind of bulky and uncomfortable and, it, and maybe they need safety glasses all day long or something. So you don't have to think of all your employees together. You could do something different for engineering or maintenance people and, and uh, than what you do for your production crews. Right.
0: Well, great. I think that we've covered that topic, and I really appreciate your time. Amy does can be found at her website, iWorkWise.com, where we provide safety training and regulatory compliance support. Thanks a lot, Amy. Thanks, Dan. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Spot on Safety. If you'd like to ask a question or leave a comment, you can email us. The address is SpotOnSafety at iWorkWise.com.